Welcome to episode 60 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch. Matt, it is Hooked on Hard Water Week. It's Hooked on Hard Water Week. I'm so pumped. (laughs) I am way pumped. (laughs) It can't get here fast enough. Yep, Thursday morning, me, Matt, uh, and hopefully a buddy of ours will be taking off for uh, Rapid City, South Dakota for the Hooked on Hard Water event, and yeah, I, I think this has both or been for both of us uh, the thing all all winter long that we've been looking forward to. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm glad it's February. I'm I'm glad it's time, and yep. I just can't wait to get on the road. Well, and after this, the the winter's kind of on the downward uh, spiral. So yeah, it is. I, I saw in the future forecast that we're not supposed to get a lot of days um, below freezing anymore. Yeah, it'll be freezing. It will go below freezing at night, but it would be up in that thirty degree range during the day. So those are good days. Those are good days. I'm, really I'm, good days. I'm for that, and and especially even if you are still going to go out and ice fish, mm-hmm. I mean you can sit out there. You know, maybe yeah. in a sweatshirt during the day, kind of do oh, some yeah. hole hopping. Don't got to worry about your line freezing up. I'm for that. Right. If you got to use your, sh- I mean, if you got to use your shack, you don't have to run the heater. You can just flip it over if the wind's kind of getting to you. So yep. But. Before that, before Hooked on Hard Water, we've got a really cool episode coming today. Uh, we have got guest Jennifer Pudence on. Uh, she is the owner of Adventurous Magazine, uh, specifically tailored for females. Um, yeah, she's, she's got a lot of cool stuff to say, and we're going to get right over to her. And we are here today with Jennifer Pudence of Adventurous Magazine. Jennifer, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. Um, well, thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. You bet. Um, we're going to get started. Before we actually start talking fishing in the outdoors, we got a couple uh, off-the-wall questions for you. So, Jennifer, oh, okay. to, to start off, uh, would you, if you were to be given a superpower, would you rather be able to breathe underwater or would you rather have the ability to fly, and why? I would want the ability to fly so that I could just, like, go to hunting spots so quick and easy. That would be amazing. <laughs> Right? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to fly over a field and see if the turkeys yes. are out there? <laughs> Where they're roosting yes. and all that. <laughs> yeah. Or save your legs from hills or anything like that. <laughs> right. If you could go on a vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? Um, probably like somewhere remote, like a really remote cabin out in the woods on a lake would be amazing or um a dream would be to go to alaska someday right oh yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've been up to alaska one time and that that is that's like a whole different world up there i bet yeah it looks so amazing and i would really love to yeah make it up there someday in my life all right well how about favorite movie Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's super hard. Um, I don't think I have one right off the top of my head. Um, I I like yeah a lot of I like a big variety of movies. Well, you can give us a top <laughs> five. Sure. Well, yeah, you can. You got to have one that you enjoy watching more than just the other ones. Um. Uh, well, I. And typical for me is, like, I can be really girly or, like, I love hunting and fishing. I love the guy stuff, too. So, um... Scott's kind of the same way. So, either way. So, I don't know why, like, Lord of the Rings, for example, pops into my head. Like, I like that kind of stuff, too. Um, Since this is a fishing podcast, I won't go into the girly (laughs) ones. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that no, that's absolutely fine. What about your favorite musician? Like, if we were to get into your vehicle right now, what kind of music are you listening to? Well, country music is my favorite, but probably for one specific artist, it would be Avril Lavigne. Like, I grew up with her from my teenage years, so. Right, the old skater girl. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Well, back to your teenage years, uh, where did you grow up, Jennifer? So I'm from South Central Iowa. I grew up there, and I didn't move anywhere. <laughs> I'm still here. So, um, so yeah, I really grew up with an outdoor lifestyle around hunting and fishing and um, still have that outdoor lifestyle today. Who were some of the people that, that helped you get into it? Um, so it's kind of been passed down in my family. My my dad learned hunting and fishing from his grandpa and uncle, and so that's how I've grown up around it my whole life. And I have an older brother as well that's really into it, so um, that's how it's just been around for me a lot. Right. So mm -hmm. with the hunting part of it, like, are you into the deer turkey hunting more, or which one do you prefer? Yeah, so I'm really big into bow hunting. Um and I've been very blessed to have accomplished a lot in the outdoors, especially with bow hunting. Um, so I've been shooting a bow since I was three or four years old. And um, I didn't get into actually hunting until um, I actually started, well, in high school and, and a couple of years in college, I was very into sports. So um, I didn't get into hunting actually until until I, well, I started when I was 19 through bow fishing, actually. Oh, really? Um, and then naturally went into, it was the right timing and, and everything to go naturally into bow hunting that fall then. Um, but, so I've been doing that ever since, which has been about 15 years ago. Um, so, yeah, bow hunting has just been a really huge part of my life. Um, and, uh, like I said, I've been really blessed with um, some successes like uh, a couple years ago, I harvested a, a massive buck of a lifetime, um, and I share some of my hunting and fishing on social media. So, like the recover recovery video of that actually went viral online. So that was kind of a a funny thing that like a half a million people watched me have a breakdown. <laughs> really? <laughs> but um, yeah. And then uh, last spring, I actually harvested um, the Iowa turkey record for a woman hunter so with my bow as well heck yeah you got more accolades than we even knew about <laughs> how big was the turkey uh 26 pounds and a double beard and inch and a half spurs wow and how big was that deer uh 180 yeah that's good <laughs> and a very massive one that is yeah very unique <laughs> wow well, about fishing, when did you start, I mean, did you start fishing at an early age, or was that something that kind of came on uh, after high school also? Um, nope, so that was actually my love early on, before hunting and stuff. Um, so yeah, I grew up around all of that, and grew up fishing and ice fishing, um, but I became probably like a lot more serious the last, I don't know, maybe six or seven years into it, um, and especially ice fishing again and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's something that I've always, um, that's always been a part of my life. Right. Where do you, where do you fish down there? Like in South central Iowa? Um, so 
we're definitely not known for fishing, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's often just fishing farm ponds or small lakes. Um, I'm really into kayak fishing as well. So, we'll, you know, especially like for things like that, stick to the smaller uh, lakes and areas like that too. What's, what's like the typical amount of ice that you guys get down there? Do you get a lot of it? No, I mean, we, we can definitely build uh, a good amount of ice, but I would say, you know, like, well, we don't go out until it's four or five inches, and, you know, like six to eight maybe could be very typical for us. Okay. I would say around that six-inch mark. Now, w- when you were growing up, were you the only girl in, in the hunting and fishing crew, or did you have some other girls that were that would be coming along with you? Yeah, so that's a really interesting thing um, and and a very big positive that social media has brought because growing up, I really didn't have um, anybody to look up to for for hunting and, you know, thinking about that for, for fishing. I really don't know any big names that I ever knew of when I was younger, anything like that. Um, you know, really nothing really came around until you know like Tiffany Lukowski days here so um so that's changed a lot with social media now it's so easy to see those influences and be inspired and um there's a lot of women out there doing it now right for sure now now fast forward you know I don't know how long ago a lot of this stuff came about but you know now there's there's ice gear you know specifically tailored for females you know under armor and different mm-hmm. companies have you know camouflage specifically tailored for females uh you know do you think that that's made it easier for for women to get involved with this stuff Oh yeah it definitely has um you know back in the day it was you just had to do hand-me-downs and or like you know the smallest you can find in guys and it definitely does not fit the same and when you're not comfortable or you have trouble walking in your gear or anything like that I mean that makes a huge difference and then also I mean let's be honest if you look cool too you know like <laughs> yeah more more people are just gonna want to do what you're doing if you look cool out there so um I think it's been a huge part of, of yeah, like um, the people that are out there having the gear that they need and then also inspiring other people to want to do it too. When do you think like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if this is bad to say, but you know, it seems like even just 10, 15 years ago, unless you were a girl in a bikini that was holding a fishing rod and, and holding a bass in a calendar, you know, I don't know. It just... I feel like women are being taken a whole lot more seriously in the outdoor industry. Would you say that that's correct? Yes, definitely. Um, that's been a huge issue with me in the past, and that's actually a big part of why I started Adventurous Magazine. Um, so I had actually started the idea back when I was in college and then sat on it for seven years until the right time. Um, but I did it to support women in the outdoors, and I was so tired of how the industry portrayed women. And like you said, it was a girl in a bikini holding a bow, holding a, a rod. I mean, like she's not even actually doing anything outdoors. Um, and that would get so much attention. And it still unfortunately does today too. Right. But um, luckily the, the real deals can get attention now today too. So that's honestly kind of, I came up with my own way and my own rules to, um, 
you know, create something that I could choose to highlight who I wanted and, and choose the real deal outdoor women. There really wasn't anything um, like that. And so I think it's something that's been very needed. And I, I do feel like it's made a very big impact. Right. Now, now, what is adventurous? You know, you, you mentioned it there, but, you know, what exactly is adventurous? Yes, so it is a women's hunting and fishing um, magazine for the base of it, but it can really be anything outdoors. Um, so I really structured it to be um, like a men's hunting or fishing magazine where it's how-to articles and you can actually learn from it. Um, I was not liking also how um, every article out there before for women in the outdoors was like how to take your girlfriend hunting or how to take your wife hunting or like, you know, beginning stories of like a girl shooting her first buck, but she doesn't actually know any, you know, she doesn't have expertise or really know anything. And I was really tired of that being all that was out there for women articles and stuff. So um, that was, you know, also what I wanted to change in the magazine where, um, you know, so all the articles, they're, they're how-to and you're going to learn from them, um, but they're written by very experienced women and then the photos showcase women and then if it, you know, gear or anything is talked about, it's, it's um, thought of for women as well. But um, what's nice is anybody can learn from it too. I actually have guys that say they enjoy reading it. So Now, did you... Did you have trouble finding ladies that wanted to like publish articles for it, or do you have a lot of them reaching out to you, like wanting to be in it? Um, I do have quite a bit that will reach out, um, but I will say, like, I'm really picky about that um, because, again, I think a lot of people have that same mindset of like the beginner stories. Um, right. And, you know, stuff like that. And I'm looking for that specific niche and a lot of expertise. So I actually follow a lot of people on social media and kind of know, you know, this woman is really experienced in, for example, like coyote hunting or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, muzzleloader hunting or ice fishing. You know, they have their specific things that they're really known in. And then I usually just reach out to them and say, you know, hey, will you write an article? And, you know, most people will go for it and I don't care if they um, are experienced writer or not. I just care about, you know, their expertise and I help them with the rest of it for the words. So, right now, is this your full-time job? No, I just do this on the side. (laughs) Okay. No, that's, (laughs) so it gets to be kind of a lot, but it's something that I do really love and I'm passionate about. Yeah, we oh, know yeah. we know how that goes. You yeah. know, I mean, we're you know we do, we do one of these a week, and and I mean, there's a lot of times. You know, Matt Matt is a teacher along you know with a, a basketball coach, and and I've got mm-hmm. meetings because I'm I'm on a fire department and taking classes right now. And yeah, I mean it it is not easy to get everything in all the time. So we know exactly how that yeah. goes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so yeah, I've been doing this for um, about the last five years or so, and um, recently I've been focusing on you know newsletters and stuff like that as well. So right, and now all all the pictures and all the articles that are in your magazine are all female written and female taken, correct? Um, not necessarily female taken because you can have 
you know, guy photographers all the time or, you know, like your husband or boyfriend's taking a photo with you. Um, But uh, the women in the photos are, yeah. Well, now, have you had any articles about ladies, how to introduce your boyfriend or husband into (laughs) fishing or hunting? (laughs) No, I haven't, but yeah. I mean, just to kind of like get a little rib at, you know, some of the big outdoor magazines that, you know, like you said, a lot of them don't give credit mm-hmm. or enough credit to the female anglers or just the yeah, outdoor enthusiasts. Definitely don't. Mm-hmm. Who do, who who do you think is like your biggest uh, uh, person that you've ever had write an article? You know, like I'm thinking over the hunting ladies. You know, uh, Nicole Reeves and and Tiffany Lakoski, Melissa Bachman. You know, I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of really incredible uh, hunters. I guess as far as fishermen or fisher fisher woman how do you how, how, what's the correct way to say that do you know jennifer um whatever i get i mean uh, there's actually a lot of women that don't necessarily want to be called like a huntress or you know any they don't want to be called anything different they want to be known as just a hunter or an angler, an angler um, right yep but otherwise you could say like probably a female angler i think would probably be the best but i'm you know whatever now, who who would you say was your, I mean, like we had Dave Gens on, so, and I remember me and Matt, you know, just tickled pink because we got Dave Gens, and, you know, didn't, have mm-hmm. you ha- have you experienced that same feeling? So, um, actually, I went very different with the magazine on this as well, um, because of the women that have been able to get into, you know, the magazines or whatnot, um, the the typical men's outdoors magazines has been like, you know, the same, uh, famous female hunters, et cetera. Um, so I actually wasn't going for a famous person on the cover or anything like that. You know, I, I really just about the real deal. And, um, so, so there's a lot of them that are just normal women, um, but I have also touched into that a little bit. So, um, you know, like I've got some plans to um, do some things with Tiffany Lukowski and Melissa Bachman. Um, but uh, probably for right now, the most famous would be um, uh, Jana Waller, I would say. And I suppose when you have regular people, you know, it's it's a little bit more relatable to the average lady who you're probably you know, is your target yeah. audience. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Cause um, I mean, I just, I guess I kind of thought as a way that again, I really want to highlight the real deal outdoor women and those women have already been highlighted and get the attention. So I really, I like to highlight the people that, you know, have never gotten a, a cover before or an article in the magazine in a magazine before anything like that so right that's kind of my take on it definitely showcase how much it is growing and becoming more mm-hmm. popular with more and more females right yeah definitely i actually with teaching i used to teach a class in the spring an outdoor recreation class and we'd go down to the river in town fishing here and i always was excited because the girls in the class like they took it like more serious they listened the boys always thought that they knew everything like they Mm -hmm. i didn't have anything to tell them so it was always fun to go down there and watch the girls kick the kick the boys' butts when we were fishing and catch the biggest fish and watch the boys get all upset about it (laughs) now 
uh, Jennifer, you were recently up at the Ladies Midwest Meetup. Uh, what exactly mm-hmm. was that? Yeah, so um, it's a women's ice fishing event, um, and it was in Hayward, Wisconsin this year, and it was so cool because it it doubled in size since last year, its first year, um, and so there was over 50 women that were out on the ice together, which was a very neat experience for me. Um, I guess I've never really, uh, I've, I've helped at women's events and stuff before, but this was the first that I really got to travel to and be a part of. Um, something like that. Um, so it was really neat. And um, I really was going there to help out and be more of a teacher. And heck, the women, I when we were coming out, they were all pulling their own sleds and everybody had all their own gear. And so it, I was so um, pleasantly surprised with all the expertise out there. And, um, and yeah, we just all had a great day on the ice. Yeah, you didn't have to be a guide. You could just uh, be a fellow fisher or no. be a fellow so, angler. Uh, yeah, I, I ended up being the one learning because um, since I was fishing up in Wisconsin and I don't get fishing like that ever, um, I had never gotten a pike through the ice or set up a tip-up. So um, one of my friends, she taught me how to set up tip-ups, and then I got pike through the ice. So that was a really, really neat experience for me as well. Cool. And um, I think a really neat thing to take from it as well is, like, you know, we took a a break to all eat together. We had lunch delivered to us on the ice, which was really cool. And we were all eating together. And, you know, we, somebody made up the point that, um, you know, if this was a guy's event, this would look completely different. And that was really true, I think. You know, I don't think guys would stop to all eat you know together at an event like that and also when we were you know catching fish everybody was hooping and hollering and celebrating and helping each other out and so i think that's a really neat aspect for women as well right for sure what body of water were you fishing uh little round little mound round round little Little, round little round lake okay okay and, mm-hmm. and what kind of fish were you targeting? It was panfish and pike and bass. Okay. That's what we were catching. Mm-hmm. Well, and I did see that, yeah, you caught a pretty nice northern, so, yeah, that, that'd I be did. fun. I that Yeah, was... I caught one of the biggest northerns, so that was really neat, thanks to my friend. Yeah, if you had never caught one before, that, <laughs> that was a good one to start on. No. <laughs> yeah, I have a video on there that I was kind of freaking out because I was so excited. <laughs> Because the big one was the first one that I even pulled up. So. <laughs> nice. So now being from southern Iowa and fishing some of those fri- private farm ponds and stuff like that, what are some, we all know, you know, us being from Iowa too, that there's some big panfish that are pulled out of there. What are, like, what's your personal mm-hmm. best uh, bluegill? Um, I haven't measured bluegills before, but I've caught a huge I've caught some big ones, but there's one particular one that was absolutely huge and, um, I mean, had to be over, it had to be like an 11 inch at least. So it was huge. Um, but you know, normally you get like a big bluegill, you can be, you know, that nine to 10 inch range. Right. Right. How about crappie? Did I just see recently you caught a personal best crappie? I did. I caught my personal best, um, which was 14. So, um, yeah, I was very excited about that. You know, normally we can get up to that 
12 or 13s and we don't get a ton of 14s. And then I've seen just like, you know, one or two 15s before. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's probably four inches bigger than my personal <laughs> best crappie. So, <laughs> you know, crappie's just not something that I've ever had much luck with. But what what's the most memorable fish that say you've ever caught? Um, one of them that comes to mind is um, ice fishing. A few years ago, I caught a big catfish through the ice. Um which that was a lot of fun for me. And otherwise, I caught a 23-inch a bass. Uh, I love bass fishing, so that's one of my favorite things to do. Do you, do you, you know, you said you do some kayak fishing. Do you do any kayak bass tournaments? I don't. I've never done a tournament no. um, before. Um, well, other than, you know, like a fish donkey one, just a little one on, online or yep. something. But... Um, but no, so I, yeah, there's one that's a local kayak uh, fishing tournament that's for panfish, and I've been wanting to do that, and I've missed it the last two years, so maybe someday I can get to that. This is your year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, okay, since you're a bass fisherman and Scott and I are fellow bass heads, we love bass fishing. You got any, like, destinations that bucket list places that you want to fish for bass? You know, I haven't, um, I don't get to travel much, so I really don't have too much for destinations <laughs> on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really have an exact spot for bass fishing, but it would be awesome to go down to, like, you know, Texas or something. Like, they have uh, some very popular lakes Lake down for, south yeah. for yeah. bass fishing. What's that? Lake Fork. Yep. Yeah, Lake Fork's definitely one. And if I had money, um, what's that That one that, uh, oh, I'm not going to be able to think of it, the name of it, where Fel- you can pay to get on it, that the guy has it where it's all zigzags. Oh, I know which one um, you're talking I can't remember the name of it either. I know which one you're talking uh, about, too. What is the guy, too? I can't think of him. Uh, but yeah anyways if i had a lot of money i would pay to go do that (laughs) (laughs) right i think uh zona fish there and in one of the episodes right you you need to get do you uh, do a bass fantasy fishing online on bass master no i don't oh you got to get on that that's fun we have a (laughs) we have a group of about 30 people in it this year it's a good time yep Oh, do you? I'll have to look into that. <laughs> so, w- one more quick question. Uh, being from mm-hmm. Iowa, are you a Hawkeye or a Cyclone? I'm a Cyclone. I went to Iowa State. <laughs> well, since you went there, I mean, <laughs> since you went there, we'll give that to you. We about ended this interview. <laughs> <laughs> nah. No. Do, do you have, like, So, some... you guys are Hawkeye fans, I well, take it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About along with about eighty five percent of the Iowa, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, that's the thing is, I think a lot of the Hawkeye fans never went there. Um, but if you're a Cyclone fan, a lot of them usually went there. Right. So, like you said. <laughs> well, we're. I mean, I don't know if there's a spot in the state that could get farther away from from Iowa City than us. I mean, we are in the very far northwest corner. We're. I mean. 
we do all of our shopping in South Dakota. You know, I mean, we're literally mm-hmm. five minutes from Minnesota. Matt grew up in Minnesota, just six six miles north of here. Right. So, mm-hmm. no, uh, not not because of the cyclone deal. But before we let you go, Jennifer, um, if somebody is more interested in Adventurous, uh, how how can they find more information on it? Yeah, um, you can find on social media at Adventurous Magazine. Um, or otherwise, adventurousmagazine.com. Perfect. Everything is, it's all digital. The magazine's all digital. And so a really big deal for me, too, is that it's free for anyone to read. So it's all free online there. Absolutely. Awesome. So any anyone can just go on there, subscribe, and it comes out quarterly, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I did take a break um, lately, and I've been focusing on newsletters, and then I'm um, working on getting back on track with getting some new issues out. So perfect. But yeah, all of the past issues are online there. Okay. Well, Jennifer, we really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to, to chat with us. And uh, yeah, no, we, we definitely really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, down the road, if you catch some monster fish, we can interview you again sometime. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Scott and Matt. And um, hope you guys have a great ice season as well. You too. too. See ya. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. And there she goes, Jennifer Pudence, down in uh, southern Iowa, uh, an owner of Adventurous Magazine. Very cool. Yeah, really cool Listen to her adventures. And, uh, you know, about all of her points with, you know, the females getting introduced into the outdoors. And, you know, I found it interesting, the clothing aspect of it. Absolutely, um, right. I can, I can remember just even five, six years ago when I was getting Emily into it and... Uh, trying to find a bow that would fit her and be universal and uh also like the clothing part of it she had to do the whole you know buy a big size youth size or the smallest male size that they could and it was it's very highly uncomfortable for her to wear but now all these companies are coming out with clothing tailored towards the female angler or the female hunter and it's it's really neat to see yeah and I mean, there's there's no getting around it. A female's body just isn't built the same way as a, as a male's body. Right. I mean, I mean, that's think, just the way it is. Think about it. If everything that we had to wear was a size, you know, we had to go to this size, and well, this is the best we have. This is what you gotta. This is what you gotta wear if you want to do it. So. Right. You know, a lot of guys are generally taller than females, and and you know, I mean, I think a lot of these ice suits, especially, uh, you know, have a have a deal on the legs that you know you can kind of fold them up and, and snap it or, or Velcro it shut so that it, it, it just fits better. And, yeah, you, you have to have that type of stuff. And, you know, like she said, you know, not only just the looking cool aspect, but if you're not comfortable when you're out there, I mean, who right. really wants to go back out there? Exactly right. And it, it's just neat to see. I mean, it's all over social media now. Just every all the ladies that are starting to get involved, you're starting to see a lot more, like, YouTube content contributors out there ladies that have their own youtube channels and it's 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 really neat right not just the ones that show a little skin to get popular i mean right the the fully clothed uh you know ladies are are you know really making a name for themselves also and that's that's only to be fair yeah and it's just awesome to see yep well like we mentioned earlier hooked on hard water this weekend and you know if, if you've listened to this uh this uh, podcast for any amount of time you've heard us talk uh, numerous times about it if you haven't uh you know our buddy craig oiler past guest of two or three times 
has this really cool deal. Craig uh, kind of grew up being really involved with the club for boys out in Rapid City, and and yeah, you know what it is is he pairs fifty or sixty, uh, what they call pro fishermen, uh, <laughs> with uh, you know under underprivileged uh, boys out there in Rapid City. Takes them out uh, fishing for a day. The night before, they get together and and eat supper, play games. The dodgeball games get intense. It's wild. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta start my, I gotta be careful with my shoulder. You better start loosening up now. I'll tell you right. that for free because I'm not kidding you. Like this gets intense. Oh, oh I bet I can about imagine. I got in there for a couple games and I was sweating and it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not even, not even about to do this. <laughs> no, it, it, it gets crazy. It, God dang it, it's just so much fun. I can't even wait. I can't wait for you to, to experience. You, you know, it's, it's one of those deals. Like you know when somebody goes and does something and they come back and you tell everyone about it you know and and people ask about it you never do a perfect job of explaining something and so now you know having one more person out there and and you know getting to experience it it, it's just going to be awesome yeah it just seems like a great event all the way around and banquet there's banquet on banquet saturday night saturday night uh yep saturday morning we'll take the boys out go fishing whatever after that, uh, I think, you know, pretty much you pack up and you head back to the cabins and get showered up and, uh, you know, get get some nicer clothes on and, and head into Rapid and, and then they'll have a banquet. There's a live and silent auction. Anybody's welcome to attend to that right. banquet. So, I mean, if, if you happen to catch yourself in Rapid City, South Dakota this weekend and uh, want a good meal and uh, want to go and support an awesome cause... Uh, Oh, dang it i don't even know where the banquet is it's not in the same spot that it was two years ago but uh i, I don't know it's maybe in the rapid city fairgrounds or something like something that like i, I want to say I but whatever i mean if, if you go on facebook on uh uh hooked on hard water uh the the club for boys hooked on hard water just start searching it you'll find something i think the rapid city club for boys has a website you'll be able to find it and uh you'll be able to get all the information if you Honestly, just message one of us, and and by this time, uh, as soon as we're done recording, we'll know exactly where it is. Maybe Matt knows right now. He's on his phone. I, I do the banquet. The is banquet it, is it Saturday, February twenty second at five p.m. Central State Fairgrounds Fine Arts Building. How did you know that? It's like you read it. The banquet to include social dinner, raffle prizes, and a live and silent auction. We're gonna have to keep you away from the bar. $25 per ticket. That's not bad at all for a good time. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it'll be easy. To, it'll be it, easy to keep you away from the bar? Yep. Well, if they got tap root beer, I'll be all over that place. If they got tap water, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Culligan? Yeah. <laughs> you had me. What kind of filter are you using on this? Oh, this is the best filtered water. Probably spring water from out there. Ooh, natural spring, spring water. I just can't wait to smell the Black Hills. You know, it's got that distinct smell out there. Just, mm. I can't wait to be mm. out there. You've already experienced it once this year. Yep. No, it was it was awesome. Can't wait to get back there. Uh, like, hopefully, like Scott said, check out their Facebook page. Check out all that information. It is, it is such an awesome event. Right. And if you're in Rapid City this weekend and you don't go, I don't know, consider yourself not American or something. Like that because <laughs> I, you're not cool, plain and simple, if you're yep. not going to that event. Exactly. So, with that, we will go over to fantasy bass fishing. Well, we got to touch on fantasy bass we fishing. We had the, the first fantasy. tournament of the, of the year last weekend, or a couple weekends ago it was now. Quick rundown of the top five. Uh, we've got Mason Propst, Brian Moen, 
Tevis Holzer, Crazy Crappy Chris Crawl. Golly, that's a lot of cuz. Crazy Crappy Chris Crawl. <laughs> Don't say that three times fast. No. And wrapping up the top five, I don't know. Some people may know him. I try to avoid him. Matt Deitch. Yeah. How did you crack the top five? I'm kind of disappointed, actually, to tell you the truth. You're disappointed with the top five? Yeah, I thought I was going to do better. I I got to be up there, but I'll just kind of sit back in the weeds and keep going. Jeremy K., he's in sixth. He was, he? he was about ready to jump off the ledge and quit fantasy fishing after the first day, and it's just like, just relax, Jeremy K., just relax. Yeah. You had a great analogy as far as that goes with old Jeremy K. and racing and can't win on the first lap or well, in the first corner. And He's a race car driver race. from Little Rock, which, I mean, for those of you that don't know what Little Rock is, Little Rock's a little town about 15 miles to the east of us. I don't know how many people are in Little Rock, maybe... 500 it's got to be somewhere around there 500 and 100 of them are race car drivers you dang right if you are a male in the town of little rock and you didn't at one point in time either wheel a race car or you're about to wheel a race car i don't think you're invited to christmas (laughs) or not to the corn show for sure no definitely not to the corn show (laughs) that's bigger than christmas yeah you can't hold your head up in in little rock if you haven't wheeled a race car And, and jeremy k being from little rock past race car driver he just he doesn't understand that you don't got to win it on the first lap no, i mean this is this it's is a, a race this is not? a race jeremy you i mean he's willing to put people in the wall going into corner one just just to on get the, the green. whole shot right yeah this ain't green white checkered this is this is we're not even halfway we're not even getting the checkered and the green halfway you know we're not even we're not even through corner one right we're in hot laps yeah <laughs> i think that's what we are that's a lot of racing analogies. Yeah, and, and this on Monday morning, uh, the, there was supposed to be a tournament here, uh, Chickamauga, this past weekend, and there wasn't because of flooding. flooding it got yep. it got canceled. It got postponed, I shall say. That's to right. Later in March, and uh, really some uh, some crazy news. Uh, we got a pickle here in the uh, in the fishing industry. John yeah. Cox, who is fishing the Bassmaster Elite Series and is also fishing the FLW Stren Costa Toyota Series. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually just the Toyota Series now, but I don't know. I, they're trying to make it that it isn't their AA league, but I think technically it's kind of their AA league. I, right. I don't know. It's like their opens. And, and, and no offense, I mean, in that. I mean, it's an actual traveling tour. You know, no one, you know, it, it is what it is. But, uh. I don't know. It was the FLW Pro Circuit or something like that. And and now I think it's called the Toyotas. Whatever. That's that. But uh, no, John Cox is fishing both. And with the postponement, two tournaments end up on the same day. I was listening to Bass Talk Live this morning, as I listen to Bass Talk Live all the time. And uh, they were talking that with the different time zone, technically, John Cox could blast off on, uh, I think, I think... Forgive me for not knowing where the FLW is, but uh, th- that's in a different time zone. So technically, John Cox could blast off, and if he could catch, like, in the first two hours, you know, a decent amount of fish, he could technically get off the lake, hop in his pickup, and go over to the FLW tournament if if they would allow him to is not that, be present at the weigh-in. They're that close to each other? They three think? hours. Three hours. So he could technically fish the first two hours go to the other place and and technically it's a three-hour drive but it would only be two hours because of the 
right. time time change and hop in and finish fish like the last two three hours in that tournament <laughs> wow isn't that crazy that is crazy kind of like a tony stewart deal racing yeah. the indy 500 and jumping on on a helicopter and flying down to right i think kyle larson's done that a yeah. couple times for sprint cars and yeah i don't know it, it uh, if anybody would if anybody would do it it'd be him well he's already got two boats traveling around he, right. he's got a full-time guy right he's got I a full-time know. guy and you know like the problem is you know he, he's going to be battling for points in, in each both, of right. I mean, there's only been one FLW tournament. And he won. And he won it. So, so yeah, it's like, do you, what, which route do you go? I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, career decision for him. Right. What, you know, what, what I kind of battle with is like. In both of them, both of them, it's $100,000 to win. So. Right. Right. I mean, you're already at the as high as you can possibly get in Bassmaster, you know, he's in the right. elite series, you know, like I said, this is kind of the, I don't know, second tier of, of the MLF, uh, organization, you know, do you, is he, is he happy just doing what he's doing, fishing the FLW and the, and the Bassmaster, you know, is he just doing it because he wants to fish more? Is he doing it because he believes he can make more money? Is he doing it because he actually wants to qualify for MLF? You know, what what are what are your actual reasons for? Because he's John Cox. Well, I mean, he can catch bass. Yeah, he's technically probably <laughs> maybe besides Brian Thrift, he's the best bass fisherman possibly in the world. Well, well he's at, at this moment, yeah. I mean, even though he had a bad tournament the first elite series one but the dude only caught four or five fish and he didn't even finish in the bottom half I right don't think. he's still like 40 something i mean he only catches biggies <laughs> it seems like it i don't know i i don't know it'll really be interesting uh and but the, the thing that comes into play now too is do you fish the bass one to try to call to get you good points so you qualify for next year's classic right and now with the red crest not you know there is no red crest yeah so it's just like if that's like his goal is to qualify for the Bassmaster classic is that the route he goes it is it's there's a lot of decisions to be made it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of unfortunate that they fall on the same date right but, i don't think he but, was super happy about it and, but and, you know what you know I, that could be a little bit of bass getting back at oh, FL, absolutely, flw because yeah. it seems like flw always seems to wait till the bass schedule comes out and then schedule yep. all their events around it and kind of have it at the same time yep M mlf waited until uh bassmaster uh scheduled their their high school stuff down in oklahoma and uh bass had had their stuff scheduled for like freaking i don't know like four or five months and all of a sudden mlf came in and and scheduled the flw high school stuff on the exact same weekends right so and and now with uh, MLF trying to move their Red Crest to the spring just to Select compete the with the classic, I mean, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I feel bad for John Cox. You know, I mean, this dude just wants to fish. If you've ever yeah, heard you an feel, interview with him, I mean, right. he just you feel bad for all those guys that just are in it for for that reason. You know, the love of the fishing and they have the means to do it and they want to do it. It's yeah, you got got to make them make a choice sometimes and unfortunately that kind of sucks Yep, i i truly think that that dude he just likes competitive fishing like there's no doubt in my mind if he was just driving down the road with his boat behind and he happened to see like a tuesday nighter going on he'd jump in oh yeah yeah i think he's getting getting in there right now right. like i mean i don't even think he's thinking twice about it and i don't know just 
seeing online and watching shows of him. I, he seems like the dude that would be like that you could go and just BS with at the ramp forever. I think so. I that think so. He just would love talking bass fishing with you because yep. he just loves talking fishing and just loves everything about it. Right. Well, you know, we could talk John Cox for the rest of the day, but uh, we're not going <clears> to. <throat> Too bad he's not from the Midwest. You got anything else to talk about? Well, let's what see else, here. What else is like big news? What else is going on in the world? Um, I'm trying to think what I've seen. Um, been watching any good uh, YouTube videos. Did you see the last Fish Addictions YouTube or their, mm, their last episode last? No. Holy buckets. Well, it wouldn't be this one, but it'd be a couple weeks ago. From fishing for perch up in uh, North Dakota. No. Taylor Melantine had them on some biggies. They were catching some 15-inch perch. Really? Yeah. Their average one was 14. That was their average. Well, did you see our buddy Craggies? Oh, yeah. He might have been in the same about area. Really? Yeah. They looked similar. I saw some similar, some similar features of those perch. They were all North Dakota perch, I think. You know what's really got me thinking... Craig's pretty good at the Photoshop. Maybe Craig never even went to North Dakota. That's a great Maybe point. Maybe he cropped his head on Taylor's pictures. That's a good point. Hmm. We're going to do a little investigating. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they've been catching some big... Uh, Craig got some big perch up there. It's great to see that. Have you ever fished North Dakota? I've never fished it. I've hunted it. Never fished it. You have hunted. Yeah, you went duck, duck hunting up, up there. there for a few years. Huh. So... Definitely got to get out there and do some fishing up there. Yeah. Well, I guess, unless you have more news, I don't have any news. You don't don't have have any news? I don't have any news. Nothing. Trying to think of any sort of news. Nope, don't have any. Man. All right. Well, I guess with that, then we're going to call an end to this episode episode 60 episode 60 we will see you next week on episode 61 i don't exactly know how we're gonna how we're gonna do this because we are gonna be pretty busy for the last five days of the week here but right we'll get it we'll figure something out i mean maybe we're maybe i'll just bring my computer right along and we'll just talk going through the badlands of south dakota and and we'll just babble and we could set it up one night out there and just have different have a round table discussion that's not a bad idea right there i don't know if uh i doubt there's internet out there but there could be oh that's right maybe if we just set the computer outside it'll just kind of do its thing i don't know we'll figure something out whatever sorry for that last three minutes of nonsense we will see you next we've been having a lot of episodes of three minutes of nonsense maybe that's what we need to end every episode with with three Three minutes minutes of nonsense nonsense with scott and matt (laughs) all righty see you guys